It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio.
opening music was by Salve Vocal Group from the CD Native Angels by Salve. The CD is awesome. There's many spiritual songs with Native American instruments and Gregorian chanting. Uh, unlike anything you've ever heard. Uh, if you want to order your own copy, you can contact Salve.org. I noticed that they're on Facebook and they do live shows. And you can also listen for free on YouTube. And also, uh, I found a CD on Amazon, so it's called Native Angels by Save. Uh, then I said, good morning. I'm your host and friend, Reverend Sean McCain. I'd like to welcome listeners to Sacred Sunday. Sacred Sunday was created to provide an open-minded platform to focus on the chance that Sunday is a special day to set aside some time for spiritual focus, meditation, and prayer. All faiths are welcome. I just happen to be a Christian in recovery. And all our Bible readings will be out of uh, my Ryrie Study Bible, but you may use any Bible you wish. Um, and thanks for many spiritual experiences I've had throughout my lifetime. We decided to go ahead and read the whole Bible, and we started uh, with the first of the Gospels, and now we're all the way in Romans today, Romans chapter 9. And uh, in gratitude, we just keep going on and praying every Sunday, being happy that we have one day above ground and uh, that we have something to look forward to in the next world, too. And the call in number is 619-924-9744 if you have a special prayer request. And we're here every Sunday, 11 a.m. Civic Standard Time. So now let's open with our Lord's Prayer that we will all say together. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we pray for all the Christians being persecuted worldwide. Their freedom to worship and their lives were in jeopardy. Those whose lives were taken for distorted and evil reasons, they had become martyrs. We pray for all those suffering from violence here at home and abroad, too. We pray for those who are sick in mind and body and those who are lonely and uncomforted. God, forgive us our sins. We pray for those who are suffering from domestic violence in our own homes, and we also pray for freedom from addiction of all kinds. Please, God, send your Archangel Michael to fight against evil and protect everyone and all your angels to watch and comfort all those around us in the world. Our prayers go out to all those who suffer in the world, including the animals who can't speak for themselves. We also pray for the wisdom of our president and the rest of the policymakers that they have many decisions to make and we are praying for all the countries for problems and suffering all over the world. Thank you, God. Thank you so much. Amen. And we ask this in Jesus' name to bless us and help us grow under his care. And everyone in our, and their families are in our prayers. I'd like to say happy birthday, everybody, including Stacy, my niece, uh, this morning. Happy, happy birthday, Jen Peel, who's a great friend of mine. And we have lots and lots of other birthdays, and I want to say happy birthday to everybody. Special uh, birthday or anniversary or anything like that you want us to announce, just let me know. And... Uh, I'll pray for you and announce them on our church service. Also, um, if you really do have a, a note or a special request and uh, you don't want to email it or phone in, 
You can also just send me a note, Sean McCain, P.O. Box 980, Hermosa Beach, California, 90254-0980. Okay, and this morning, if you don't have a Bible handy, uh, there's two online Bibles that are really good resources, www.biblegateway.com and also www.biblia.com. Now, last week, we actually were reading in Romans chapter 8, and I have the... The summary here. So let's take a look over there. It is uh, the Epistle to Romans, uh, Chapter 8 Summary. And it was quite interesting and actually thrilling to read the whole thing. And it's how we are forgiven our sins. Okay, so Jesus has come, and actually he took over sin for us, so that we're not slaves to the law. And then Paul explained that Christians live under the law of the Spirit. And this kind of like the laws of the Torah, but without worrying about following all 613 individual rules, which includes circumcisions, which was given as a big example, but it's optional, which is, was good news for the time uh, for male converts. But anyway, in Jesus, God did what the law couldn't. He punched sin in the face and reunited the world with him again. Nice work, God. Non-believers don't share this, though. They just walk around like ordinary little humans thinking ordinary little things, and they can't possibly be thinking about God or following his laws because they don't believe in Jesus. But believers have lives and hearts that are filled with the Spirit of God, and they're doing their best to do anything they can with God because God gave promises to us, and these promises have been fulfilled, and God is not, can't, hasn't got the capacity to lie. He does want things his way, though, and he will have his, his way. And that's what we're going to be discussing in Chapter 9 today. But the potter is the one with the power, not the other way around. The pot doesn't have anything to say to the potter, and that's the way we have to be, and we have to humbly submit. And believers uh, have been adopted in God's family. There's his sons and daughters, and he would totally do anything for him. And then um, it says, uh, Paul says, true, people are suffering, but it's going to work out anyway, and then God will always work it out. And the rewards are going to far outweigh all the stuff that Everybody has been going through. Every part of creation is waiting for God. Soon everyone and everything is going to be set free from sin, death, and evil. And it's all going to be awesome. Anyway, I want to thank shmoop.com. They give me my uh, notes and things like that. And it's really a good place to get resources for the Bible and many other stuff. It's all Harvard students that have gone through and uh, summarized a lot of this stuff. So at the ending it is, it says, seriously, God sent his son to die for us. Don't you think he'll help us all the other stuff we're going through? The big guy always has our back. It doesn't matter if Christians are arrested, prosecuted, condemned, or even killed. Nothing's going to separate us from the love of God. So that was the message last week. So this week, everybody get your Bibles ready because we're going to be reading Romans chapter 9. So let's just open our Bibles. And I read the Ryrie Study Bible um, as it chose me. I did not chose, choose it. Um, I actually found my first copy. I had left the back of where I lived and left the house, and I walked in the back by the trash cans, and somebody had thrown their Bible away. And I knew it was a Bible, uh, but I picked it up and turned it over, and it said Ryrie Study Bible. And I went, yeah, I'll study this Bible. So... I wore out my first copy, so now I'm on my second copy, and that's the copy that I, 
I read from every Sunday morning. And it's quite clear. It has awesome notes. And uh, that's why I use this Bible. And that's the only reason why. Okay, so let's read uh, Romans chapter 9. I am telling the truth in Christ. I am not lying. My conscience testifies with me in the Holy Spirit that I have great sorrow and increasing, unceasing grief in my heart. For I could not wish that myself were accursed and separated from Christ for the sake of my brethren, my kinsmen according to the flesh, who are Israelites to whom belongs the adoption of sons, and the glory and the covenants and the giving of the law and the temple service and the promises, whose are the fathers and from whom is the, is the Christ according to the flesh, who is over all, God bless forever. Amen. And now it's going to God's sovereignty. We're on six now. Romans chapter 9, verse 6. It is not as though the word of God has failed, for they are not all Israel who are descended from Israel, nor are they all children because they are Abraham's descendants, but through Isaac your descendants will be named. That is, it is not the children of the flesh who are the children of God, but the children of the promise which are regarded as descendants. For this the word of promise, for at this time I will come, and Sarah shall have a son. And not only this, but there was Rebekah also, for she had conceived twins by one man, our father Isaac. And through the twins were not yet born, and had not done anything good or bad, so that God's purpose according to his choice would stand, not because of works, but because of him who calls. And it was said to her, the older will serve at the younger. Just as it was written, Jacob loved, but goodbye loved, but Esau I hated. What shall we say then? There is no justice with God, is there? May it never be. For he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. So then it does not depend on the man who wills or the man who runs, but on God who has mercy. For the scripture says to Pharaoh, For this very purpose I raised you up, to demonstrate my power in you, and that my name might be proclaimed throughout the whole earth. We're now in 18. So then he has mercy on whom he desires, and he hardens whom he desires. You will say to me then, why does he still find fault? For who resists his will? On the contrary, who are you, O man, who answers back to God? The thing molded will not say to the molder, why did you make me like this, will it? Or does it not? Or does not the potter have the right over the clay to make whom the same lump one vessel for honorable use and the other for common use? What if God, although willing to demonstrate his wrath to make his power known, endured with Okay, endured with much patience vessels of wrath prepared for destruction. And he did so to make known the riches of his glory upon the vessels of mercy, which he prepared beforehand for glory. Even us, whom he also called, not from the Jews only, but also from among the Gentiles. As he says in Hosea, I will call those who were not my people, my people, and her was not beloved, beloved. And it shall be that the place where it is said to them, you are not my people, there shall be called sons of the living God. Isaiah cries out concerning Israel, 
Though the number of the sons of Israel be like the sand of the sea, it is the remnant that will be saved. For the Lord shall execute his word on the earth thoroughly and quickly. And just as Isaiah foretold, unless the Lord of the Sabbath had left us to a posterity, we would have become like Sodom and we would have become resembled like Gomorrah. Wow. Okay, Israel's present rejection. We're now on 30. What shall we say then? That Gentiles who do not pursue righteousness attain righteousness, even though even the righteousness which is by faith. But Israel, pursuing a law of righteousness, did not arrive at that law. Why? Because they did not pursue it by faith, but as though it were by works. They stumbled over the stumbling stone. Just as it was written, Behold, I lay in Zion a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, and he who believes in him will not be disappointed. Wow. It's kind of amazing that, you know, it's said over and over, you know, Jesus said, don't let you, me be your stumbling stone. But people do stumble over Jesus, and they're ashamed to talk about Jesus, have a picture of Jesus. Uh, you know, he said, you know, do, do not be ashamed of me, so I won't be ashamed of you. And I always wondered about that when I was a child. Like, how could Jesus be ashamed of anything? He's the Son of God. But see, we do get embarrassed and ashamed of our Christianity, and it's just kind of amazing that how powerful, you know, the older you get, the more this means, you know. Anyway, let's go back and read the notes. So we're starting on 9-1. Here begins Paul's discussion of the perplexing questions about Jewish people. Why are they refusing the gospel? How does this new scheme of righteousness apart from the law relate to the privileged position of the Jews? Have the promises contained in their covenants failed? Privilege of the Jewish people included adoption as a nation, glory, covenants, the Mosaic law, service in the tabernacle, temple, thousands of promises, the patriarchs, and Christ. Now we're up to five. Who is overall? Amen. Some regard these words as compromising a grammatically separate sentence, a dioxology. Although the, the early misses were not punctuated, the punctuated in the present text seems correct. Paul's anguish over the Jews' rejection of Christ drives him to avow his own recognition of him as God. A doxology does not fit the train of thought here. Okay, not all, okay, we're on 9, 6 through 13. Not all Israelites physically are Israel spiritually. Proof of God's sovereign selection, God chose Isaac, not Ishmael, and Jacob, and not Esau. And then 9.13, loved and hated, chosen and rejected. And 9.15, if God were not free to show his mercy, no one would be blessed, for no one deserves his grace, and it cannot be earned. And we've we've been taught that over and over again. But we still have to do good anyway, because we have to follow his will. Okay, so 9.19-21. An opponent might say that Paul's conclusion in verse 18 leads to a fatalism. Paul, however, does not give an analytical answer, but rebukes the questioner for such a preposterous conclusion. If a potter can do what he wishes with his vessels, certainly can God with his. Very true. We are the vessel. We're not the potter. Okay, prepared for destruction. Right for destruction because of their own actions, rejection the truth. Okay, so the stone of, 
I cannot pronounce that. The stone of stumbling was Christ, just like I said in 933. That is what he was referring to. Um, so it's uh, part of this is mysterious, and, the, and another one is it's, it's dramatically clear, you know, that we are the chosen. God can do what he wants with us. So we try to apply our will along with his. So next week we're going to read Romans chapter 10. Now, I haven't picked a story out, but I'm going to randomly pick a story out for us this morning. And uh, let's see here. What story should we do? Let's see. Okay. Here's a story. It's a host of angels, and this is by Helen Walker of Denver, Colorado. And this is from Angels on Earth. It's a little magazine uh, you can get from angelsonearth.org. And uh, it's it's small, but it's a really powerful little thing. So it's about uh, visiting angels and things like that. So I'll read that. Um, so by Helen Walker. Frigid wind stung my cheeks as I walked up the steps to Chicago St. Heinz's Basilia near my hometown of Evanston, Illinois. I barely felt the cold, and my head was still spinning from the news. I steadied myself on that icy railing, December 7, 1941. I was 16 years old. I knew I'd never forget this day as long as I lived. How could it have happened? Less than a year ago, my family had been cozy at home enjoying Sunday dinner. We were all dressed up in my little sister in shiny patent leather shoes and my four older brothers looking smart in matching ties. Right after dinner, we would head over to St. Hyacinth, where Evanston Township High School was hosting our annual Christmas concert for the community. Our school was known for its musical program, and I was honored to be one of the singers in the chorus. I couldn't wait to perform. We had been rehearsing for weeks. I knew every note. Singing was my passion and my refuge. My mother said singing was like praying twice. I intended to send my prayers soaring up to heaven at the concert this evening. Then, while we were finishing up our meal, the phone rang. My father left the table to answer it. Hello, he said. Yes, I'm listening. His eyes widened and he fell silent. He hung up and turned back to us. The president just made a radio announcement. He said, Japan has bombed Pearl Harbor. The dinner table went quiet and everyone seemed to hold their breath, unsure of what to do. According to my father, details were still trickling in from the White House but a certain few things were already clear. American military personnel had been caught completely by surprise, and thousands on the island naval base had died. A radio, the radio announcers warned that nothing could be gained from hysteria, but my mind was jumbled and I felt dizzy, and I could see the same shock reflected back at me in the faces of my brothers and sisters, my mother and my father. I knew we were sharing the same thought. How could this have happened? How can this be real? My mother's voice finally broke the silence. Helen, sweetheart, get your coat. You don't want to be late for your concert. I did as mother said, and the family drove to the church in silence. All of my excitement had vanished. Worry and doubt crowded my head. Would the United States now enter the big war? What would that mean for my big brothers? An icy chill went down through me, and the thought, as I, felt, I pulled my hand from the church railing, 
for now, I had to concentrate on the concert. My mother heard me pass the rest of the stairs, and I quickly put away my coat and found my place in the chorus on stage. I looked out at all the people in the audience. Were they afraid too? How would the war affect them all? My brothers, my family, my community, my country. We would, would we ever be or feel the safe again? This is reminding me of 911. Before the program began, one of the teachers from the music department came to the head of the audience and repeated President Roosevelt's announcement for the crowd. I felt sick. How could any of us expect to be to perform? The orchestra struck the first notes and my classmates began to sing. I tried to lose myself in the music, but I couldn't push away my anxieties. I looked up at the grand dome of the Basilia, praying silently for strength. Singing is like my, my praying twice. I told myself. I mouthed the words to the music, but it was as if I had no voice to sing with. I kept my eyes focused on the dome, its exquisite mural of saints, angels, stretching from around the base. The bright clouds floated above them, faded into a sky blue backdrop that led to a stained glass window in the center, patterned in the azure and gold. Music filled my ears, orchestral instruments, the voices of my friends. I felt like I was part of a celestial concert. The dome appeared suddenly to me like the inside of some observatory, opening up to reveal the heavens, glittering stars, and rainbow galaxies burst into life, easting colors of, across the walls of the church. A glorious white gold staircase shimmered into view, spiraling down from the infinite beyond. On its steps descended a host of angels, their faces bright and joyous. They danced up and down the stairs, their divine song joining our chorus. I realized that I was singing too. Our song came to a close, the ceiling above solidified again. The vision vanished. But I was left with a peace I couldn't have expected, especially now. Maybe it was my imagination, I thought, but deep down inside I knew I had never seen anything so real. When I closed my eyes, I could picture my vision vividly once again, and how could something I imagined take away my fears so completely? I no longer had trouble joining in with the choir. I lifted my voice up to God and sang with all my heart. Now I knew that I was singing with the angels. After the concert, I rushed around to my friend's chorus, asked if he had seen the angels too, or the staircase, or perhaps anything unusual at all. I asked my parents, my brothers and sister. They all shook their heads. Why the heavenly vision was for me alone, I cannot say. But as we sang, I believe I saw Christmas angels carrying our prayers up to God and carrying God's blessings back down to all of us. And now let's read the afterglow. And there's a picture of Helen Walker waving. Helen Walker passed away soon after sending us her story, but we are pleased to publish it with permission of her family. She never lost the love of singing, says Nancy Walker of Denver, Colorado, one of Helen's daughters who heard about her mother's vengeance countless times growing up. Her mother was a fantastic storyteller, and what she impressed upon all her children was that we could learn from every experience, good or bad. She was always open to new possibilities, and I'll try to be the same way. Gosh, thank you, God. Rest in peace, Helen. I know she's with the angels now. So let's, we're at the end now, and um, I just want to say thank you, everybody, for listening and tuning in this morning, and I want to just say God bless you so much. And as our tradition, let's, read, let's say together the prayer. 
after a moment of silent meditation out there for those who are still suffering. Thank you, God, for all the lessons you have taught us today. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. And in closing, may God bless you, keep you in his loving arms, so you may have the strength to face whatever is ahead. Just remember, you're never alone. God loves you. I love you. And may your best dreams come true and true love live in your heart. Remember, you can message me with any concerns or requests for prayers or anything else. So bye, my friends. Happy trails to you. And I wish you well for a happy day, a happy week, and a spirit-filled life. God bless you in every way. Amen. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.